want to read to you today a passage of Scripture. It's going to take a little bit longer than the amount I normally read, but the theme of today is the greatest showman. And by the way, how many of you have not seen the movie? So most of you have. Okay. Well, it's the story of, uh, of the circus great P.T. Barnum and about his life played by Hugh Jackman, probably one of the greatest living Australians. By the way, he and his wife are vitally involved in some of the works in Cambodia up there. And we've had the opportunity through a God connection to be able to speak to uh, Hugh Jackman's wife about the work of Transform. And that's an ongoing conversation, I'm sure. But let me read to you uh, about a different curtain than this one that features so prominently. The movies are about a man with dreams and hopes from an incredibly poor background, but he's got a dream that people will be moved and entertained and that he'll be able to bring joy into people's lives. Cut a long story short, he starts a circus filled with a lot of the people that uh, have been hidden away because of their difference. And so the story is about that and yet the humanity of this man shines through in every part of the movie. I've seen it and it's a great movie, but the humanity of it shines through as well with his own personal difficulties, both in the area of his finances and in his own uh, life. And so I want to read to you though about a different curtain. This is Matthew 27, verse 45. Jesus is on the cross and it says, At noon darkness fell across the whole land, until three o'clock. At about 3 p.m., Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood, thought that he was calling out for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so that he could drink. But the rest of them standing around said, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus cried out again and released his spirit. At that moment in the sanctuary of the temple, the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. That was a spooky day in Jerusalem. They went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened, they said, truly, this man was the Son of God. So I want to speak to you today about behind the curtain. In The Greatest Showman, the raising of the curtain, this curtain, signifies the start of the show. In the verses we just read, the curtain never rose. The curtain of the temple was a heavy, 
incredibly heavy, very thick and very high, very weighty uh, barrier between the people outside and what lay on the other side of that curtain. It was called the most holy place. Only one man, one day every year, was allowed to go behind that curtain. And such was the fear and trepidation that they had about going into this place where the very presence of God hovered over the the Ark of the Covenant, where it was almost like everything that they knew about God lived behind that curtain. Every idea of what God was like was there behind that curtain. And yet they were so afraid of God, they were so frightened of what was there that the high priestly garment had around the edge of its robe had pomegranates that had been dried out and hollowed out and filled with seeds. And as the high priest would go there, you'd be able to hear his movement by the sound of the rattling of these pomegranates on the edge of his garment. He wore a rope tied around his ankle as he went in there on one day of the year to offer sacrifice for the sins of all the people outside. He wore the rope because if he died in there because he wasn't prepared enough, nobody's going in after him. They're going to just drag the rope, bring him out. That was the curtain that separated. In other words, to these people, the curtain was a permanent barrier. On the outside was all of humanity hoping for forgiveness. Like so many are today, as much as I applaud every mental health initiative and we do so much in that space in the ministry of red frogs and hope and all those things that we do. But as much as all of that is possible, only one person can forgive sins truly. You can try and forget your past. But most of us, if we're honest, what we really need is not someone telling us, well, after all, it wasn't your fault. We don't need someone to help us become more of a victim. What all of us need is somebody that can truly forgive so that the pain of our past is completely taken away. And so this people were standing out there every year coming again with the burden of their past, with the things they tried to do right. How many people here have struggled to change and to turn over a new leaf only to find that your humanity is so strong it keeps dragging you back into the morass, the bog from which you're trying to get yourself out of? Well, they're out there hoping for forgiveness. They're out there asking, hoping for guidance. God, give me a sign because see, God was hidden away and God the Father, God the Shepherd who wanted to lead and to help the God. Well, I'm sorry, but He's behind the curtain. And as much as you'd like guidance, the best you can hope for is a sign. Do you know in the Bible, signs are not given to sons and daughters. Signs are for people that don't yet believe. We have something far more powerful than a sign. 
to guide us. Then some kind of a, a, a coincidental serendipitous event that makes us wonder we have something far more powerful. Believers have the indwelling Holy Spirit whose number one job is to lead and to guide and to walk with you no matter where you go. Wow. But that was locked away behind a curtain. People that were hoping for answers, their prayers to be answered. Only two people that I know of in Scripture came to Jesus with great faith. Everybody else came hoping. And yet the Bible now talks after Christ's resurrection and says that as believers, faith becomes our daily work, our daily life. Faith is not for when you're desperate. Faith is for every day. Faith is is to a believer like oxygen is to a living organism. It's just what we do. Faith isn't difficult or special. Faith just life to a believer. But all that was locked away. Hope and forgiveness and guidance and answers are all locked behind that curtain. And this verse says that when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain, the one that kept you away from everything that God has for you, the one that made your life just wishful thinking and hopeful of a God that might hear, all of that gets changed because the curtain is torn in two, not from bottom to top like you would do or I would do, getting and struggling to tear it apart, but it was torn. Now, this curtain was over eight metres high. No man could have reached up to it and pulled it apart. It took the hand of God to tear that thing from top to bottom. The book of Hebrews says when that curtain was torn, it signifies two things. One is that you can come in freely. The way's been made open. Before that, you stood and stood and stared at a closed curtain saying, I wonder and I wish. But now the curtain's open and I can go in. But here's the other great thing about the curtain being torn is that not only can I go in, now God can come out. And so now we see God and we do in this church. We see God active on a daily basis in people's lives. There's not a day goes by that I don't hear another incredible story about God at work in people's lives. Why? Because the curtain that kept God locked up has now been torn in two. Two men, Hugh Jackman and Jesus. Wolverine. And the Saviour. Two men, two curtains, but what a difference there is between the two. See, when this curtain gets raised, you can get entertained. You know, I'm all for entertainment. I really am. I, you know, I'm going with my wife to a musical sometime in the next couple of weeks, and that'll be fun. And I've been to the ballet where Nikki is dancing and and I'm just in awe of it. I look, at, I look at people with that kind of talent and I go, wow, that's incredible. Look what they can do. There's nothing wrong with entertainment. But this curtain here, when it rises, you can be entertained. But when God removed the curtain that kept people out, it's not about entertainment. Church ought not to be about, was it a good show? 
Because the gospel says that it's not about amusing me for a while. It's about changing me permanently. The gospel doesn't just say, listen, the gospel, because I know some people get confused over this and some people think the church is a self-help organisation. Have you ever heard somebody say when you say you go to church, they go, well, that's good if you need it. As though somehow or rather, this is the place for emotional cripples and, and people that are spiritually bankrupt and people that, you know, if you've got that kind of thing, but nothing could be further from the truth. The gospel doesn't say you can be a better person only. It says you can be a new person. Therefore, if any person be in Christ, they are a new creature. In this church, we believe in transformation of lives. You could have walked in an alcoholic and you'll walk out free. You could have walked in broken and you can walk out whole. In Jesus' name, the gospel says there is hope of a new life for every single person on planet Earth. You can be a new person. Christianity is not a self-improvement program. Christianity is God saving us. It relies on God. We never just kind of get saved. Now it's all up to you. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's really about God coming into your world and being active in there. You invite Him in. You start the process. Well, actually, He started when He tore the curtain. But now you respond and say, I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to walk with Jesus. And in your brokenness or in your frailty or in your humanity, He starts walking with you. Because when that curtain went up, you got entertained for a while. Here's the second thing about these two curtains. When this curtain gets raised, it's all for a moment. Have you ever been to a show where when it finished, you went, oh, I was so loving that. And then you go out and there's your car in the car park. You drive out and there's all the traffic and the people honking and rushing. And then you go back to your same house. And whatever there was at home when you left still waits for you when you get there. You get up the next day and you go to the same job with the same people or the same university in the same classes or whatever it is that you might be about. And, and that, I was talking to somebody this week who'd been away on a brilliant holiday. I mean, they'd had a couple of weeks in just magic land. I said, isn't it funny how after you've been on holiday and you're back for about two weeks, it's as though the holiday never existed. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I watched something recently and it showed Paris. I went, oh, I was there. Yeah. But you know, I've forgotten all about Paris. I've been there. Had the croissant, almond croissant. Anybody here from Paris, bring me one, please. Amen. Because I'm telling you, there is nothing like the ones in Paris. But you know, now it's like I almost... Apart from the memories, it's almost like I never went. When this curtain is raised, you're moved for a moment. I've sat watching, what was that, uh, what was the, you know, Les Miserables. Uh, see how French I am. Not bad for a boy from Tara, I reckon. I watched Les Miserables and when, I don't even remember who they all are, the people in it. 
was Hugh Jackman in that as well. Are you kidding me? What I'm, I'm not a Hugh Jackman groupie. I know it sounds. But I sat there with tears welling in my eyes, you know, because I'm a good Aussie dad. What's that? Bit of dirt. And I sat there watching that and I was moved. But it was only for a moment. This curtain that Jesus tears in half is not about a moment. It's about eternity. One of my favourite verses, one of the first ones I ever learned as a Christian. 1 John 5, 11 and 12. I'll quote it to you as I recalled it as I learned it out of the King James. It says, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. What kind of life? Eternal life. My mum died eight years ago. My father died six months short of 100 just this January past. But I will see my father again because I am an eternal being. My dad's an eternal being. My father trusted Christ as his Saviour and so have I. And so I know that my salvation is not for this brief moment, this window we call human life. It's not for those years, however long or few they may be, but my life is an eternal journey. When I received Christ, eternity does not await me, but eternity began. The moment I said yes to Jesus and He forgave my sin, my eternity with God started right then. It's an every day. I'm walking with the same Saviour who will greet me at the gates and say, welcome home. I've been waiting for you. I went to prepare a place just for you so you could be with me forever. Eternity is what's awaiting for all of us. Here's the third difference between these curtains. Well, and if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm referring to. This curtain contains behind it people that are still ruled by their human passions. I can't remember the detail of it all, except that I remember watching Hugh Jacklin in the role, being reeled into relationship with the former flame, And something inside of me, I'm going, oh no, please. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Because you see, what they put out the front on the stage was their best and their gifts. But the problem was that when they stepped back behind the curtain, well, they're still ruled by their human passions. The Bible says about Jesus. And by the way, it's not just what the Bible says about Jesus. Both the civic and the religious leaders of that time, both of them declared him to be sinless. Jesus, it says, was tempted like in all points such as we are, yet he never sinned. And you go, well, what what, what does that matter? Well, simply think about it a minute. If you are drowning in the ocean, you need someone who's not drowning to save you. Six people beside you with their hand up, going down for the last time, are of no use to you whatsoever. Isn't that right? Hello? You need one of those guys with the yellow and red caps on. Huh? The guys that are taking the rope or the 
buoy or the buoy, as you call it in America, and you need one of those guys to come swimming out there. Muscles are rippling, trained for the job, ready to save. And you know why he can save you? It's because he ain't drowning. Huh? And, and why does it matter? Because see, if Jesus, if Jesus is just a sinner like me, he can't save me. Not even rams can save you. It takes somebody who was able to conquer not just some of the stuff going on, but it takes someone who was able to conquer sin in their life. Jesus is not just another man. And when that curtain was torn into somebody who'd beaten everything, came out. Think about that. What are you facing today? That you would say this is overwhelming. Can I say to you, Jesus was tempted in all points. The temptation to give up. The temptation to not believe. The temptation to hurt or to hate. The temptation to keep offence. There isn't one thing, listen to me. There isn't one thing that he did not conquer and therefore there is not one thing he can't save you from. Everybody, no matter what you got, what's at home? Is it too big for you? Can I ask you, lift your hand today. Call out to the Saviour, the lifesaver and say to the lifesaver, see my hand, Lord. See my hand. I'm drowning. And you know, all the best advice and all the neighbours and your mum and your dad and the, and the online thing you Googled and everything else, all of that won't really help if they're just drowning yourself. Here's the fourth difference between that curtain and the curtain Jesus had torn. Is this that what's behind this curtain satisfies partially. I've been to the theatre. No one ever gave me a new house, paid my mortgage off. Nobody ever fixed up my sore toe. Whatever, it, it, it satisfied me. Oh, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking theatre. We've got people in this church, that's your life. People from the art gallery, people from the ballet, people from opera world, all that. Fantastic, thank you for that. People from heavy metal bands. Thank God that you're there and that we have moments of entertainment. But understand that that curtain satisfies partially, but behind, behind God's curtain, what's there satisfies fully. Jesus said to a woman at a well, she'd had five husbands and now was living with someone that's not a husband. And I really want to know what happened to the first five. Was it really old age? Or did they mysteriously perish? That woman's stew is so tasty. I just wonder. But when Jesus spoke to her, this is what he said. He said, why don't you ask me for water? Because the water I'll give you, you'll never ever thirst again. You'll never thirst again. Now, listen, this is not Pollyanna pretend. Are there things in my life that I'm frustrated about or that I wish were different? Of course. But underneath all of it still is an, a satisfaction. I, I cannot express if you don't know what it feels like to be in the service and to sing songs like we sang this morning. 
about His place that He's prepared for us, that I'm His child. To understand that whilst everything's not perfect, there's a journey that has begun that produces an uncommon peace. That all the troubles of this world don't eradicate. I was talking to a friend of mine just this week. It was his birthday yesterday. His son was killed tragically in an accident. He was diagnosed with a a form of cancer not that long ago. But listen to what he says. He said, but Jeff, you know, I have peace. Oh, thank God there's a peace that passes all understanding. Come on. Come on, sometimes we can make God about our life just now. It's far bigger than that. Fifthly, this curtain revealed, as the title suggests, a great showman. That curtain, when it was torn, revealed a saviour. What a difference. I, I thank God more than anything else. I thank God that he was my saviour but that he still is. Amen. I thank God Jesus never saved me and said, well, off you go. Give it a go. See what you can do. Hope you make it. I'm up here cheering you on. I'm up there in heaven. I'm looking down. I'm watching. I thank God he never did that. I thank God that the Savior who saved me is still in me and still saves me. It's a fool who leaves behind the thing most valuable to go and simply exist in this world. I feel most sorry for any Christian who has received Jesus but now gives him little thought and little request. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to see a massive warehouse. When we look at it, we say, what's in there? I think one of the angels will say, oh, that's the warehouse full of unasked for miracles because we never asked the Saviour to help us. Here's number six, nearly there. Number six, this curtain, as we've said, got raised by man. That curtain could only be taken down by God. It was a top to bottom deal. Here's the last one, number seven. This curtain gets raised only to get lowered again. And so the show goes on. Curtain gets lifted up. Everyone has a great time, big buzz. Then the curtain goes, we all go home. Let me read to you out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Listen to this. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Listen, once For all time. Almost the entire book of Hebrews is taken up with that one thought. That what people had to keep on doing in order to stay close to God has now been completely eradicated, superseded by the sacrifice of Jesus. You don't need to keep asking God to forgive you for things in your past. If you asked Him once, it's done. You don't need to keep on saying, Lord, please be with me. You don't need to pray, Lord, be with us. He he, he said, I'm never leaving you. I'm never forsaking you. He said, you're mine. 
He said, wherever you go. You might go, yeah, but Jeff, I'm not always really good. And I'd go, well, hello, none of us are. Over the years, I've had people sitting with their problems pour out to me as a pastor. And then they say to me, Jeff, I, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. And because I have the gift of compassion and, and understanding and mercy, and because I'm so gentle of heart, I always look at them and I say, you're not. So now that we've got that established, let's move on. You're never good enough. It's not what it's about. Jesus didn't die so you could be good enough. He never died going, come on, get your game up. He hung on a cross and the curtain was broken. Listen, because God wants to walk with us. Oh, come on, I know it's the old gospel, but it, it's, it resonates in our world today where so many people are, are full of effort and trying, little understanding that this was done once for all time, never again to ever occur. Jesus, having been sacrificed, never again needs to die for you or for anybody you love. He's done it all. He's done it all. Once for all, that curtain was taken away, declaring it's now open forever. It's now open forever. God the Father, now open forever. God the Father, ready to receive. He never shuts the curtain saying, you know what? Everybody else can come through but you. I love this about the gospel. I was thinking just yesterday as I was walking through the, the, the forest, the bush, the woods. I'm using because so many nationalities here and we all have different words for it. But as I'm walking through the woodlands behind my home yesterday and I was thinking about a Salvation Army officer from Morley here in Perth. He turned up at church. I'd met him before, but he turned up in the office one day and he handed over the copy of his first book. And as he handed it over, he said to the receptionist, I wasn't there. He handed it over and he said, you, this church, you're in this book. Well, she told me about it and I was pretty interested, obviously, to read it. Went through until I, it was a great book, by the way, but went through and discovered the story he was referring to, Salvation Army ministers, officers, part of their duties is they go around the pubs, the bars. They sell copies of what they call the war cry, which is their newspaper, and collect. And it's just a way of contact. Well, he'd been doing this and he met a man who was, in his words, disheveled and dirty and unkempt and looking so much the worse for wear. This guy looked up at the Salvation Army minister and said, Padre, will you pray for me? He said, certainly I'll do that. I, I don't recall whether he prayed right on the spot or just went away and prayed. But he thought not that much more about it. I guess he met a lot of people in bars and pubs. Several weeks later, he encounters the man, only he doesn't recognise him. The man is brighter in his eye and a smile on his face and well, he just looks like a different guy. And so the man says to the Salvation Army officer, he said, you don't remember me, do you? He said, I'm sorry, I don't. He said, I'm the guy you prayed for in the bar. Well, major friend said to him, what happened to you? 
He said, well, you told me to go to church. I went to that metro church down the corner. He said, I gave my life to Jesus. And he was transformed by the simple moment and the easy act of saying to Jesus, the Savior, you're more than a showman. You're more than just simply someone who puts on a great event. But you did something incredible for eternity for my life. Just have a look up on the screen here for a minute. Because this represents the three kinds of people that we are. Hope you can see it from where you are. The first circle is us and all of our life and all the stuff that's in it. Family, friends. Sorry if you can't see it for the curtain. I'll read it to you. It's a circle. It's got it. Family, work, friends, money, hobbies. And that's a lot of us. And somewhere outside of it sits the cross of Christ. Somewhere out of there. So God's like in orbit of our life. We're just doing life, you know. And as we do life, we're going on with it. And well, you know, God's there. And, you know, when I get around to it, you know, like, hello, like one day stuff. Well, that's one group of people in our country, in our world. The second group is people that have got the same circle and they've got all the same stuff. But instead of the cross being outside, well, it's kind of inside. And so if you ask them about God, they'll go, I go to church. Oh, yeah, I kind of believe. Oh, I pray sometimes. They're people that have got an awareness of God and they're sure that He exists. But you know what? Life is so busy. Life is so full. I, I just stuck in that space. Let me show you where God wants every one of us to be. It's not to have God outside, not to have God somewhere in the, in the boundary, but it's to have the cross right in the center. And I want to pray for people this morning that are here. And you say to me, Jeff, that's not me. Maybe you've got God out there somewhere. You hope He's there. You're not even sure. And you're waiting for someone to Prove it. Do you know what the best answer to that is? Why don't you ask the one who made the claim? I've prayed with people that were avowed atheists and God touched them. I've got relatives that cursed God to my face. But when they opened their heart and asked Jesus to reveal himself, he did it. Why? Because he's the saviour who saves. If you're one of those people and God's just been kind of part of the whole mix of your life, but you want to bring Him in the middle, I want to pray for you. Could you bow your head with me a minute? Close your eyes wherever you are. Father, I pray for people that are here in this place that will say today, I don't really know Jesus as Saviour. I've heard about Him. He's more like the showman. I know the stories. I've heard about what goes on and I've been to church and I understand all that. But Lord, this morning, I need you to save me. I want you in my life. I'm bowing my knee to you, Jesus, and asking you to come in. I'm saying I need you. I'm lifting my hand like someone in the ocean and saying, would you save me? Would you see me? So God, I pray for those people in Jesus' name, wherever they are. I know you'll help them. I know you'll save them. We couldn't, but you will. Thank you for that, Lord. Amen. You can look this way. If you've said, yes, this is what I want you to do, one of two things. 
Either one, you could go to what we call the yes table. It's on the lower level of the auditorium. So if you're in the balcony, come down the couple of flights of stairs. On that right-hand side, my right-hand side, your right-hand side as you leave the lower auditorium. There's a table and a big sign-up saying yes. And there's people there with big smiles and they'll give you a Bible and they'll pray with you if you'd like. I'll talk with you if you'd like. Or they'll just give you some resources that'll help you get started. But you know, one of the powerful things that's been happening this year, we started a yes text line, 0488-826-392. I watched a man last Sunday night when we put up that number, hold up his smartphone and take a photo of it. 14 people this week texted yes. We baptised a couple of people recently who had texted yes. It's so easy, 0488-826-392. Jot it down on your phone. Maybe you might be going, well, I'm not doing it today. Why don't you take a note of the number or pick up one of these uh, little flyers out there that's got the number on it because people are doing this on Sunday. They're doing it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I ask on Tuesday how many people texted yes and I get a number, but then by Friday they say, oh, no, the number's risen. People are doing it on Thursdays. All around Australia, by the way. Doesn't matter where you're from, 0488. I'm saying it again because this video goes out who knows where. People are watching this, listening to it all around Australia, 0488 826 392. If you text yes, we'll never text you and ask you for anything. We'll send you every morning at 7 a.m. or thereabouts. We send you a Bible verse and a prayer that you can pray fits on one panel of your smartphone. You read the Bible verse and the prayer, you can pray it yourself. It'll help you get started with God. That happens for 30 days. You can opt out whenever you like. The end of 30 days, if you want to keep going like I have, uh, not because I needed to say yes to Jesus, but because I wanted to see what we were doing. And so I'm up to the one where it's about the mind and how helpful that is on a daily basis just to get a scripture that's action-packed, helps you in your daily life. We want to help you walk on with God. Because you see, listen, as I said before, this one's about a moment. That one's about eternity. We're not trying to get you just to have a moment with God. We want you to have a life with God in Jesus' name. Well, you know, I love this church. Love the talent that God's put in it. More than the talent, I love the heart of people that are in it and their faithfulness and their generosity. What a great church, really. What a great church. I thank God for you almost every day of my life. Thank God for who you are and what you continually just step up the app. I was talking to John during the week. He'd been away in New Zealand. He said, how's church going? I said, John, it's almost like the hunger in people for God has gone to a whole new level. People are leaning in like never before. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Don't forget tonight is at five. And we're going to celebrate some of the guys from Shalom. And I'll be preaching a completely different message, by the way. So uh, if you've been here this morning, you won't be bored with tonight. You'll be blessed. That's for sure. But before we finish, I believe we've got another special treat for you. I want you to welcome Ray, who's going to come and sing for us the song from now on. Let's give him a big hand as he comes. Come on.